0: Hi, my name is Selena Riverneider, and welcome to my podcast, Marked as Red. I love reading almost as much as I love talking, so here we are. I'm talking about books. I've read about 20 books in the past couple months, give or take. I'm a self-described bookworm, but I had a reading slump for about five years. It started in high school, and it went through about my first year of college. I mostly blame school stress on this. I had a lot of schoolwork, especially a lot of reading that I had to do for my classes, so by the time I had an actual decent amount of free time, the last thing that I wanted to do during it was read more. I didn't enjoy the books which I did pick up and read and I wasn't really reading what I wanted to read, I was reading what I thought I should read as someone who is into literature or someone who wants to seem intellectual. But during The spring and the summer all throughout the entire, you know, COVID-19 shelter-in-place advisory we all know. Could I tell you exactly what months they were? No, because they all blended together, but I can tell you it's at some point after March and at some point before September, I started reading again. And there were three books which I credit to breaking my reading slump. The first being The Shining by Stephen King. The second is Normal People by Sally Rooney. And the third one is Wilder Girls by Rory Power. Now, those books don't have a lot in common, but there was something about them, along with the situation that I was in, that helped me to love reading again. And when I was thinking about it, when I was trying to decide what I wanted to start this podcast with, what my very first episode should be, how I wanted to open it up to the general public, I realized that what I did during the past few months actually can be replicated into steps and that anyone can do it. Even if, you know, unlike me, you never really liked reading or you never really got into reading. I think anybody can do this and can benefit from this. And if you used to love reading, if you used to be able to read multiple books a week, and then at some point during your teenage years, it just kind of dropped off, which I think is really common. I know a lot of friends that I made and, you know, we all used to go to the library and get bags and bags of books. And then for years, we just didn't pick up a book again. I think that this can help people like you too. And I think that there's... A couple reasons why people our age and our age, um, I mean, you know, college age, older teenagers, young adults, used to like reading when they were younger and then stopped reading or just never really enjoyed it. I think part of that is because most conversations about literature and books in general are centered towards older adults. If you look at professional book reviews, they are written by older adults for older adults. If you look at where these book reviews are found, most often it's in newspapers or literary journals, which I'm not saying are not for younger adults, they absolutely can be, but let's face it, that is not where uh, people in their early 20s get the majority of their information. So I think a lot of these conversations are not geared towards Generation Z, but then Generation Z faces so much criticism for spending so much time on her phones, spending so much time on social media. When there's this whole medium of entertainment reading, which is considered to be more intellectual and you know, quote unquote, better for you than social media. And books just are not geared towards us in the same way. Uh, I think that books written for our age group are often out of touch. Very rarely will I read a book that is not written by somebody in their 20s about being in their 20s that is actually accurate. And more than that, there's a little bit of gatekeeping, I think. You know, you want to say that you like literature, you want to say that you enjoy reading, and there's always going to be somebody asking you, well, have you read these classical novels? Have you read this piece of literature? And they're often dense, they aren't exactly page turners, they're very long, they're not necessarily conducive to the lifestyle of somebody at our age who has to incorporate it between classes and a work schedule, and on top of that, reading for assignments and academic purposes. I think that our generation deserves to love reading, and I think that our generation deserves to have a better escape than social media. Because in all honesty, social media is not a very good distraction from current events such as COVID or climate change or politics, it's not really an escape. It's not really a good distraction. So I think that our generation deserves good stories and deserves to have good stories accessible to us. And that was the primary reason I personally wanted to start reading again. I wanted an escape. Now, I'm a journalism major, so I tend to keep up with the news quite a bit, and I'm also a political science major, so the majority of the news that I consume is related to politics. Now due to current events, I found myself experiencing news fatigue, and news fatigue was not something I had dealt with before. I had always consumed a lot of news, pretty much since I was old enough to understand what it was. and all of a sudden I found myself experiencing this great feeling of helplessness and just wanting to tune out and not effectively being able to do that. And I spoke with a lot of my friends um, and I asked them, you know, "How, how are you doing? Just to check up on them. And most of their responses, this was in like April, maybe the end of March, we're all along the lines of, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed. I feel like I can't do anything about my situation. But at the same time, I have to face all these consequences of decisions that other people have made. And when I went on social media seeking a distraction of my own, I saw a lot of posts that confirmed that for me. Even if they were just memes and they were made to be lighthearted, I think people genuinely are looking for an escape and they're unable to find that right now. And speaking of social media, throughout the spring and the summer, when I was just stuck at home with nothing to do, after classes ended, to be totally honest, even when classes were going on, but I was using social media when I felt stressed or bored, so my screen time ended up being ridiculously high, somewhere around, like, over nine hours, which I know there's always people who have higher screen times, but for me personally, that's pretty high. I don't actually like social media very much. I just kind of see it as, like, a necessary evil, whatever. But I was on my phone for almost half the day, and I I decided this this isn't helping me this needs to change, I want to get back into reading, now's the time to do it." And I thought it would be really easy because I used to love reading so much. And uh, it was not. I really struggled. I felt like my attention span was actually shorter. And I found the books that I was trying to make myself read just were not interesting. So if you've experienced trying to read and, and finding that you feel like your attention span is just too short to focus on a story, you aren't the only one. And I first put it down to, it's from using social media, it's from being on my phone, which is often the critique that we we hear. And I did a little research before this podcast, and I actually found that there are no studies that have proven this with empirical evidence that social media and phone use reduces your attention span. So you can take that to heart. You can keep that in mind and know that you are capable of reading and of getting back into reading or getting into reading for the first time, even if you... used to spend a lot of time on your phone. It doesn't actually have a proven effect on your attention span or your ability to read. So when I was struggling, I started to find some loopholes. I found that when I brought a book outside, because it was still warm out then, I would end up reading more. I would also end up being less inclined to check my phone, and it felt less like I was reading for a school assignment, which is what I was trying to avoid. The second thing that I did, because ultimately i was also trying to reduce my screen time i tried to be aware of when i was on my phone with no real purpose you know when you pick up your phone and you just end up going between the same three apps and refreshing them you're not even seeing any new content or when you pick up your phone to check the time or check email because you get a notification and you realize you've opened instagram or tiktok and you had no intention of doing that. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying never spend any time on your phone or on social media, but it's it's when I was on my phone absently with no real purpose, that was what I was trying to eliminate. So I narrowed it down to when I first woke up, right before bed, while I was eating, and while I was waiting for something, like waiting for a friend, waiting for a Zoom call, you name it. Those were the times when I would be on my phone the most, with no real reason other than being bored and wanting something to entertain me for little 5-10 to minute increments. So what I did was I just kept a book on hand and instead of scrolling through Instagram for, like, the 20th time that day and seeing the exact same posts, I would read, like, two or three pages of a book. But the two or three pages added up. I also found that I got the same... I got the same, like, gratification out of audiobooks and ebooks, which I wasn't expecting. I used to be very adamant that... It's not really reading unless you're reading from a paperback or a hardcover. It's not the same experience. But honestly, that's just not realistic. So, there's this really great app that I recommend to just about anyone. It's called Libby. And you can download free audiobooks and free ebooks using a library card. So, similar to checking out real books from a library, you need to wait to borrow them if somebody else already has it out, and you need to return it after a certain amount of time. But, also similar to a library, there's a very wide selection, completely for free, so I really recommend that you take advantage of that. So I would use Libby to download audiobooks, and I would listen while I was doing other things like chores or folding laundry, boring things that I could do without thinking, sometimes while I was driving, or sometimes at the same time as I was reading a physical copy of the book. I find this to be really helpful reading long books or dense books because it just allows you to stay on pace and you don't end up lagging behind and spending a lot of time on just one chapter. Now, I found ebooks to be particularly nice. You can also get them on Libby for free because you can download them to the Libby app on your phone. So that way, if you ever go somewhere and you forget to bring a book or you don't have room to bring a book with you, or when you just get the impulse to open your phone and scroll on something, you can scroll through a book instead. I found that because of how easy it is to scroll on a phone. I was actually reading faster when I was reading things on my phone. A couple other perks to ebooks is that they're easier to access. It doesn't really matter how much room you have or how close you are to the nearest library. You can always download an ebook. They're also better for the environment. Obviously, there's no paper involved. Another thing that I found to be important is only reading what you're interested in. And I really recommend this to anyone trying to get back into reading. Don't waste your own time. Only read what you're interested in. So, yes, that does include graphic novels. Yes, that does include short stories and young adult books, even if you feel like you're too old for them. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Just read what you like. You can read... Cheesy romance, fantasy books, books that celebrities or influencers wrote, you name it. It doesn't have to be this highly regarded piece of literature. It can be something that a YouTuber wrote. There's no such thing as the right thing to read. So if you only want to read short books, don't force yourself to read long books. The short books add up. If you have no idea what you want to read because you haven't read in a really long time, you can read the book versions of movies or TV shows that you like. There's quite a few series on Netflix and Amazon Prime as well as movies where if you look them up you actually realize it was a book first. So if you already know the story and you already know that you like the story or the characters or you just want to see how it was different, go ahead that can lead you to an entire series of books. Then once you find what you like, you realize you might like a specific genre or a specific author, you can find more and more books similar to that. And then before you know it, you have a whole collection of books that you like when you used to think that you only liked watching Netflix. That being said, if you do pick up a book and you realize that you don't enjoy it, You don't have to finish it. Like, I cannot stress this enough. If you force yourself to finish a book that you don't enjoy, it is 110% going to feel like an assignment for school. You're reading it for your own pleasure and relaxation. There's no point. If you think it's boring, if you don't like the way the author writes, if you find one of the characters annoying, it doesn't matter. Just put it down and walk away from it. You don't need to feel guilty about it. If you don't enjoy it, don't read it. And while all that's done, you can keep track of what you like and what you don't like, whether, you know, you liked or disliked the book in general or the author in general. You can also keep track of, well, there was this one, you know, plot line. Like, for example, a popular romance plot is enemies to lovers. If you happen to like that trope, make note of it because you can look up books with the enemies to lovers trope, and you can find a whole bunch of other books much more quickly than if you just kind of guessed. So, okay, I know this might seem like a lot of work, especially during the semester, during the school year, but this really does matter, especially in a time like this. I noticed personally when I started reading more rather than going on social media, I felt a lot less stressed. This also helped me sleep better. I think this had to do with the stress, but also because I was being exposed to less blue light from my phone screen. So I did a little research, and according to Harvard Health Publishing, exposure to blue lights presses melatonin production. Melatonin being the hormone that helps you to fall asleep if you didn't know. I also just got a lot more enjoyment out of my day because I was choosing how I wanted to spend my time and what kind of story I wanted to escape in. I was choosing what I wanted to do when I was bored rather than realizing 30 minutes later that I had been scrolling through Instagram the whole time. Also, if you find yourself to be a creative person, if you like creative writing or drawing or creating music, engaging in different forms of art, like reading and literature, can help your imagination. I really like creative writing, and I found that the more I read, the more I got inspiration for writing. And I certainly did not do away with using my phone altogether. I still use my phone throughout the day for a total of hours and hours a day, but when I did pick up my phone, especially when I went on social media, I was much more conscious about it. When I was picking up my phone and checking Snapchat, it was because I wanted to check Snapchat, not because I was bored, not because I felt awkward waiting for something. And if at first you find it to be difficult, don't worry. I did too. This took a lot of effort on my part, but I would say it was worth it for all the benefits that I just listed. But also, after a couple weeks of doing this, I found myself actually looking forward to reading at the end of the day. So, in summary, if you want to get yourself in the habit of reading more, The first thing that you can do is try to be more aware of where you waste your time and where you can replace certain actions with reading, like scrolling mindlessly on social media. The second thing that you can do is when you do pick up a book, make it enjoyable. You can read outside. You can read in a comfy place, like in bed. You can read while eating good food. Make it kind of like a treat. Make it part of your self-care routine. When you do pick up a book, make sure that you make it enjoyable for yourself. Make it kind of like a little bit of self-care. Read outside to get some fresh air. Read in a comfy place, like in bed. Read while you're eating good food. Make it kind of like a treat. You can try out different mediums for, for reading. You can listen to it in an audiobook. You can read it on your phone as an ebook, whatever works for you. Fourth, you should only read what you like. And fifth, read what you already know you like. Even reread it. If you have a childhood favorite which you think you might have outgrown, just reread it. You might be surprised what else you get out of it. If you don't enjoy the book that you pick up, feel free to ditch it and find another one. It's not worth trying to force yourself through something that isn't going to be enjoyable for you. And lastly, remember that you will feel better after you do this, after you replace some of your time on social media and after you do complete a goal which you set out for yourself, which I hope all of you will be able to do with some of this advice. So I do have a few recommendations for books to read if you're looking to get back into reading, whether it's been a few weeks, a few months, or a few years. My first recommendation is Normal People by Sally Rooney. Now, I, I think this was a great book for breaking my reading slump for a couple of reasons. One, it was pretty short. It also has a TV show on Hulu, which, in my opinion, is really good. So, it gave me an incentive to read the book first, because I always liked to read the book before watching the movie or the TV show. It's about two Irish teenagers in their last year of high school through their university years who are in this on-again, off-again relationship. It's much more of a character study than plot-driven, so if you don't think that's something that will interest you, I, I wouldn't recommend that, but if you like reading just about people rather than a sequence of events, then I think that this would be great for you. This book is also good because it's actually targeted towards college-age readers, both with the style of writing and the content. And Sally Rooney does a really good job of writing very beautifully, but also without being stuffy or pretentious, which is something that I find immediately (laughs) makes the book so much more boring. The second book that I recommend is Wilder Girls by Rory Power. So, fair warning, this book is about a disease. So, if you're tired of hearing about diseases, yeah, maybe not the best one for you. On the other hand, I read this book in one sitting. It never, ever got boring. So, this is about an all-girls school which is off the coast of Maine and takes place a year after a mysterious disease started showing up on the island, not only infecting the nature on the island, but also the students and the teachers. It would be different for every person who got it, and it basically gave them these really painful mutations. Throughout the book, the protagonist starts questioning whether or not this virus, this disease was man-made, if it was planted there, and if the people in charge on the island actually have the girl's best interests at heart. The next book that I would recommend is The Shining by Stephen King or honestly any other horror novel. So the thing with horror novels is if they're written well, they all end up being page turners. They're also pretty easy to become invested in the characters tend not to be overly complex. The plot doesn't tend to be overly complex. They, they're they normally easily accessible. And the reason that I recommend The Shining is just because it's a classic. So you've probably already heard of it or seen the movie. And there are plenty of other people who have already read it and already loved it. So you're not going to run out of people to talk about it with. So the plot is about a family, a father, a mother, and a son who's, like, maybe four. He's young. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. The father, whose name is Jack, takes a job as a winter caretaker for a hotel in this really remote mountain area, and every winter the hotel gets snowed in, so the family ends up completely trapped. The hotel is more or less haunted, Um, but it is definitely not the typical ghost story. It's got, like, a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of, like, an intellectual, conceptual horror. It's a little bit of just, you know, gory body horror. It's a great classic horror novel, and if you're looking to get into that genre in general, that would be the book that I recommend. A couple other Stephen King books that I recommend. Are Pet Cemetery and 1922. Now, Pet Cemetery is my personal favorite King book. In my opinion, it's definitely the scariest. And 1922, I'm recommending because it's a very short novella, and because it's so short, it is fast paced. However, quality wise, I don't think it's better than The Shining or Pet Cemetery. If you're looking for a graphic novel, I would recommend Watchmen by Alan Moore. So this is a classic in the DC universe. I'm not really the biggest fan of comic books or superheroes in general. You know, I've watched a handful of Marvel movies, but I'm not really invested in it. However, Watchmen just in general is a great literary work and i know people may not expect that from a graphic novel but if you actually get into it and you actually analyze it a little bit there are symbols and metaphors and really rich and excellent world building all throughout it so even if you don't consider yourself a fan of comics i think you'll still really enjoy this book if anything, for its commentary on American society. But if you're not really looking for all that and you're just looking for a good superhero story with great illustrations, that would be a great place to start. The last book that I'll recommend is Good Omens, The Nice and Accurate Prophecies by Agnes Nutter, which by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. So Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman are both great authors who have a lot of books. Terry Pratchett has, I don't even know how many novels. I've read a couple of his other works and I've loved each of them, so the two of them together make a pretty good team. This book, again, has great world building. It's also just funny. I actually laughed out loud while reading this book, which is pretty rare, It's also got a TV show on Amazon Prime, I believe, but it's just called Good Omens. I have no idea how good it is, so I can't really recommend it, but I can tell you that the book is really good. It's basically an apocalypse story, but it's told from the perspective of a demon and an angel who are on earth. And what I really liked about it is it seems as though those two characters, a demon and an angel, would be extremely stereotypical and be full of cliches and it would just be the retelling of a very basic story. And it absolutely was not. It was full of satire and irony and all of the characters were very well-developed and very well-rounded. Okay, that is all that I have for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like my content, you can find more of it on my personal, not affiliated with the Amherst Wire, YouTube channel, which is called Selena Reads. I also have an Instagram and Goodreads account with the same username, Selena Reads, all of which will be linked down below. Also, all the books I mentioned today will be in the description too. See you soon.